Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host. Tom. Sorry, that was that was particularly slow. Yeah. And and why is that, Thomas? Because we're recording in the morning, Lewis, and we've never done a morning record, but because we are such busy people, we um we haven't had an opportunity uh to record in the evenings. Uh due to well, down to train strikes. Poor planning on my behalf um, and an upcoming trip on your behalf. This is sort of the only time that's been able to sort of fit our calendars. So if the listeners, if you if you don't pick up on the normal the normal high-octane energy that Lewis and I normally bring to the podcast, mm. that is why, because we would both probably rather be in bed. Yeah, and it's very much coffee as opposed to beer or it's the drink of choice with the podcast. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Due to the time in the day, yes, in in true Jake Humphrey's high performance podcast behaviour, we are and carpe DMing the day, rivaling Jake Humphrey's podcast. I don't think I don't think we can quite say recording our FM podcast. I mean, let's not let's not let's not oversell it. It's quarter to eight. I mean, most people really are up and about and have done a lot. I don't think we're quite Jake Humphreysing it yet. Maybe next week we record at 5am and tell people how inadequate they are if they're still in bed. Yeah. And that you've got to get four hours of work done before nine o'clock to even stand a chance that, yeah. you know, you're being a CEO before 30. I mean, my time's <laughs> running out pretty rapidly, but anyway, uh, not that I have any intentions like- of... Exactly. That's a, you know, it must be very tough recording as his full-time job recording a podcast and sometimes presenting the football. That's something you really need to get up at half four every morning for. Mm, it's really essential stuff to tell people how much of a grifter and a grinder you are. Okay. So shall we shall, shall we shall we get straight into it, Luke? I think so. Um, shall we just get straight I into think... it? Let's just get straight into it, mate. Um, why, why don't you Why don't you go first this week? Um, obviously, we've, we've it's been a while since we've potted, but obviously with lots of stuff going on, uh, I'm not sure quite how much how much you've played. But but why don't Why don't you uh, take the first stint this week? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, quite happy to, and also, yeah, played a fair bit. So, uh, I think so. Exciting things ahead. So. You left me at the end, and I, I'm smiling because Tom, explain what just happened for people who can't my cat, see. My cat has just made made her first appearance on the podcast, walking across the desk, sitting right in front of the microphone, and then on the Zoom call, you basically had her ass right, right, right. Yeah, tail <laughs> right, in, tail <laughs> straight across your face. Okay, so you left me having just one. My first piece of silverware uh, at the Maracanar, beating Santos. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, a, a very good start to my time. In... Well, we just to be clear, we think that's where we left you. We, we can't quite remember, and we couldn't be bothered <laughs> to listen back to the podcast last week's podcast. But we we think that's where we left off, right? So if if, if not, breaking news: <laughs> I've won the I've won the I've won the Brazilian Cup uh, in a two-legged affair over Santos. Poor Santos then had to face me in the league uh, immediately afterwards, um, in which they still lost. 1-0 to a penalty from Marquinhos. Um, 
And sorry, can, can you just just tell before a bit of context, Lou? What stage are we at in the league here? Where are you? Um, so, so just can you go over that? Yeah, one? of course. So that Santos game would have been one, two, three, four, five. That would have been the fifth to last game of the season. So we're right in the home stretch of the league season, and actually, that's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm just gonna finish off. Um, and, and in the league, in the league, you're you're pushing you're pushing right up there, aren't you? I'm pushing right up there. Uh, I was in second currently, um, and second currently, uh, pushing a really really good Flamengo team who are just absurdly stacked. Basically, there's no other way to put it. The, the best team in South America by a country mile. Um, a really nice, tough challenge to take them down and actually win a league title. And, um, so, just to finish off the league season, we we after that Santos game, we play a drab nil-nil draw against Bragantino, uh, get a good win at home against Coritiba, uh, with goals through Rivas and Erison, uh, play out uh, a, an entertaining two-two draw. But a frustrating one against uh, the team that were currently bottom of the league, uh, Sport Recife, uh, and goals through Pinga and Mateus Fernandez, uh, and then final two games, comfortable two 0 win over uh, Club Regatas de Brazil, who we just played off the park with goals through Perry and Mumini. And then to finish off the season, uh, a a comfortable two-one win over Fortaleza, and and you know as you can tell, we were never really um, we were close, but we were just not close enough. So in the end, uh, Flamengo do win the league. We finish second. Um, They've won. Uh, they had eighty-five points. We had eighty-one, um, and I've done it again, Tom. I've set the highest ever points total for not winning the league. I'm the Jurgen Klopp of this save. Yeah, I will just, win just, it, just, but I have to. I have to set a record high points total to win it. Clearly, because that because that Flamengo team, team is just stacked. so dominant. Team so dominant as. Um... As Flamengo in it, like you said, you're gonna to have to do something special. You're gonna to have to definitely improve the squad, right? Yeah, and 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 it was it, so. It was a record number of wins for Fluminense, record number of points for Fluminense. Mamini was the best uh, Brazilian foreign player, obviously as he's from Argentina. Nineteen in thirty-one and two assists, uh, average rating seven point two two for top goal scorer in the league. Nice. Javitor, uh, Miguel Figueira, and Mumini make the team of the season. Javitor winning best centre backs. Um, so that was the end of the league season. A satisfying first campaign. Uh, if you'd have told me that I'd have finished second by four points and nine points ahead of third, I'd have bitten your arm off for it. So I really thought we might have been scraping Libertadores. So we're about 15 points. 15 to 20 points better off than I thought we'd be, which 
is kind of brilliant, but also heartbreaking that we've done so well, and that Flamenco team are still they are the Bayern Munich. If we are if we are Dortmund, then they are the Bayern Munich or Liverpool to Man City. It's going to take something quite spectacular, slash them being absolutely gutted by European teams, which for some reason, despite how good their players are, they just maybe because they're just happy there and they can pay them the big bucks and they're winning stuff. But uh I wonder if they're you know they're that good that their reputation is just is close to on par with some of those maybe not the the top European side, mm. but maybe that's sort of second ring. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. Sort of are on par with the name like the Napoli, Napoli uh, yeah Tottenham uh, uh, Atletico Madrid, something like that. So those clubs can't pinch them. It's only going to be the you know the elite European clubs that could take them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it helps also just to. I know I, I touched upon this. Um, I know I touched upon this. Um, I think a couple of pods ago, how great the semi-finals were of the Libertadores. Well, it ended up as a. Uh, Flamengo Santos final with River and Boca being knocked out, and unsurprisingly, uh, as Flamengo are the better team, they absolutely thrash uh, Santos three yeah. nil in the final. So, um, hardly surprising that they've won the Libertadores again. I think it's something absurd, like five in seven now or just just something stupid hang on let's have a look uh yeah it's five and seven it's five and seven which is just ridiculous like madrid levels of dominance of the continental competition but that and this is one of my better transitions uh just leaves the europa league of uh uh, the Europa League of uh, South, South America. America to be discussed. And the, as you well know, it's a, uh, for both of us, we both made the Sudamericana final. So you made, obviously, in your first season. Uh, and uh, I think I, I, I stumbled into it in my first season. <laughs> well, maybe. But um, uh, from my perspective, yeah, we 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 made it to the Europa, not Europa, the Copa Sudamericana final. I'm having recorded this a couple of days after the Europa League final, it's clearly very much on my mind. Um, I think a combination of that and you haven't had enough coffee yet. Yeah, the the engine isn't running. So two seasons in a row, and I do want to emphasise this, Renzo. Rivero, Mumini, Lucas Barbosa, fondly known as Babs, and Johnny Babs. Rivas make it back. Johnny JR. Johnny JR make it back to the Copa Sudamericana final. And we're up against a very good, and they are a very good, Atletico Paranese side. Not quite as good of us. Uh, in the league over the course of a season, but every time we've played them, they give us a damn good game. Um, and it was a damn good game, but at half time, 
it was still nil-nil. Okay. And KG, both sides playing good football, but no one scores. Game of little chances. So we're going into the second half, similar KG kind of game, good football being played, some really high ratings. Uh, Miguel Figuera had a great game. Pinga had a great game. Uh, but most importantly, uh, the defence was playing really well. And unfortunately, both teams' defences were playing really well. So uh, through, oh, It's not through a proper nine, drab final. It, through 90 minutes, it goes nil-nil. No. So we go to extra time. And two teams are playing some good stuff. You know, I'm using the best of my subs. Johnny Rivas has his first really poor game in a in a final, as does Cesar Perry Perry Chicken. Um and the, but um, you know, I bring on some players, I bring on Arison, I bring on Marquinhos. Uh, but still nothing happens. So through hundred and twenty minutes of football, neither team have scored. And it's gone to penalties. The dreaded penalties in the, the cup final. The dreaded pens in the cup final. And at this point, I just want to repeat the story that I told in an earlier episode. So we talk an awful lot about our strikers. We talk an awful lot about our outfield players. But what I told you this season about Gene, my goalkeeper, is that he started the season out on loan. Um he wasn't getting playing time at Internacional. Um, all of my keepers, my first choice keeper, my second choice keeper, um, both get injured. And that was at the time that he was complaining and wanted to be recalled. I recall him from loan, uh, put him in the starting lineup. He immediately starts playing brilliantly. Um and he's played really well in this game so far. So that's the story uh, that I want to talk about so far. So now we step up into the penalty shootout. So Atletico Paranaise going first. Uh, it's Gene's time to be a hero. It's Gene's time to be a hero. So Abba Vinicius steps up. So Abba, that sounds like it's twinned with Abba Gaveni. <laughs> It's actually Abner Vinicius. Vinicius. Yeah, Abner, with yeah Abner, Abner Vinicius steps up for Atletico Paranaise. He scores. Gene's done nothing about that one. Marquinhos steps up. He scores. Nice. João Paulo, their centre-back, a player who I had on loan at Universidad de Chile last season, Steps up. Jean gets a glove on it and pushes it onto the post. Amazing, Jean. I love you know, part of this Jean story. The fact that he, he's been, uh, you know, he's been sort of calling your third choice. It does make it sound like it's just his old biddy calls Jean that you've got in goal. You know, Jean I mean, he is 33. He's not a spring standing, chicken. Standing in goal with his old granny, just trying to save penalties in the Copa Sudamericana final. Oh, Thomas. <laughs> Glove on it and stick, sticks it onto the crossbar. It gets better. Um, Erison steps up and he blazes it wide. No, just when you've got a foothold in it. Yeah. 
So their midfielder, Augustin Mullet, steps up, coolly slots it away in the corner. But what did I find about Jean when I was looking at the penalty takers? Oh, don't tell me you can take them. She can. He's got a 10 for finishing and he's got oh, 11 for Lord. penalties. So who's stepping oh, up to be my third choice penalty taker? But Jean, who coolly slots it in the bottom right-hand corner. He's oh, a double threat, Thomas. Yeah, well played. And then Augustin Canobio steps up for Atletico Paranaense. And Gene Genie is back at it again. And he's Gene pushed Genie it. <laughs> knows where he's at. And he pushes it wide. So all we've got to oh, do now is just keep our cool. So Mateus Fernandez steps up, slots it home. So we've we're three from four. They're two from four. Thomas Quello steps up for them. He slots it. So it's all on one player. And which player is stepping up with the ball in hand? Ivan and Mini Cooper. If there's a man you're putting fifth to take a pressure penalty, it is Ivan and Mini Cooper. And if there's any player I would have taking that penalty, <laughs> it's my boy. And what does my boy do? He doesn't let me down and slots it home. Yeah, and well done. Back to back, Sudan Americana <laughs> finals for the lads. Oh, oh so man. proud of them. It was it was a terrible game. It was an awful game of football, but it was genuinely a great penalty shootout because of finding out that Gene could take a penalty and trusting him to take the third penalty. I was not trusting him to take the last penalty. He was very much buried in the middle of the order. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so that and that is like obviously winning it. Fantastic. But I guess touch wood that's probably your one of your last, probably your last ever game in the Copa Sudamericana as well, right? It's a pretty good way to go out. I mean, I'm hoping yes. The answer is yes. I hope so. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's um. Yeah, I hope that would be a, a fond farewell to to Sudamericana level football. Uh, and to go out winning it back to back with two different clubs, I'll take that. I, you know, what? I'll yeah, take fantastic. that. So, I mm, yeah, I think let's leave it there. Let's hear about. I mean, we've got. I think that was a decent first in, and I think then we can talk a bit about uh, a bit like you did because I think very much the transfer window and the state championship and all that goes on with that. Um, Will kind I'm of. Tie hear, into I'm going to be really interested, really interested to hear about your transfer in there, right? Because I think it's this is an important one for you when you're, you know, you're now going to be playing Libertadores football. You need to close the gap on this dominant machine of Flamengo. Mm. So I think I think this is quite an important transfer window for you. So I'm interested to, to hear how it's depending on how far away, how far you are through it, how it's gone, how it's going. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Tom. So I'm glad we're on the same page. Well, do you want me to take over then? Um, Absolutely. So, so when when you last left me, I'd had a, an absolutely fantastic start to the, to the league. I'd played uh, five games, one or five of them in the league. Um, and I pretty much completed, I had one game left in my Sudamericana group, of which I'd uh, played five, won four, and draw, drawn with uh, Everton's Avenida Del Mar. And if you remember, Fabao, 
was on absolute fire. I think he'd scored 24 goals in those first 10 games. It was, in, it was insane. So it, it almost it, it almost went really badly wrong straight after uh, we'd, we'd spoke. So I had the final game of my Copa Sudamericana group against Everton de Vigna del Mar. Now, at this point, we were on 13 points um, and they, I think, were on 11 or uh, they were on 11 or 12. And I don't know why. I don't know why I for, either I forgot. Or I must have forgot it because I've played in the Sudamericana group before. But I totally forgot that only the top team qualifies. I'd got in my mindset that, oh, the top two go through. So I thought, we, I thought we'd qualified. And in reality, we needed a, a point against Everton in Yudan Mar. If they'd have won, we'd have, we'd have been knocked out. Oh my and God. the game finished two. The game finished two all. Um, we went one nil up. Zay Carioca. They pulled one back, and then Zay Carioca put us up two two uh, two one up after thirty minutes. They equalised in the fifty second minute. But I just wasn't that worried really. I sort of thought we were in control of the game. And I thought I want to win. I want to win because we'd won so many on the bounce. I thought let's mm. keep this momentum going. I didn't go you know particularly attacking, but I certainly didn't shore it up at all. We had a few chances at the end. And it was only after the game that I checked and I realised, bloody hell, like, if I'd have conceded, I'd have been out. I don't know, total oversight on my part, because I've, I've done this, obviously I've played in this before. But yeah, I, I, I forgot that one team went through. So it was almost catastrophic from the from, from the outset. It's interesting, I hadn't realised that there. either. I just, yeah, last but... season, I just had not realised that. You you will have done, because you when you check the league table at the end, like, You'd have seen, oh, we're the, we're the only team that got through. I don't think I realised it. I, think I was working, working on assumptions that, I mean, to be yeah. honest, because the rest of the team in the group was so poor, I was never in any fear or any doubt. But mm. but it was it was still, I hadn't, no, I hadn't got a clue that it was only one who qualified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the remainder, so, so then we, we played quite, again, we made quite a lot of progress in the league as well. I mean, that, I think it's interesting to note that that was the first game that Fabao hadn't scored in about 12. I think he think he'd scored in 12 in the bounce. That was mm. the first game he hadn't scored in. And I've been trying to give him minutes because I want him just to break loads of records. Yeah. Like that would, there's certain games where I think I should rest him. Yeah. And, you know, he, did, you know, later, you know, I'll, I'll talk through it in a bit, but he did get quite tired at one point and eventually he did have to rest him. But mm. um, he, uh, I just want him to break loads of records because he's on track for breaking so many. So anyway, so we then through, anyway we're through to the the second round first leg of the Copa Sudamericana. Um, I'll come to that in a bit because that's a game we've played recently. In fact, that's one of the last games we have played. Uh, but between then and there, we had plenty of league games to get through. Um, again, we won the first five at this point, top of the league clearly. Um, you know, five games in, nothing to shut out home about. But um, we we are clear top. We then play Gremio, expecting expecting a good result. We lose one 0 to Gremio, um, which was disappointing. You know, not the end of the world. You know, Gremio are a good side, um, and we're we're still top. You know, you can't win them all. But I, I was quite I was quite disappointed um, about that. We then oh, just lost my schedule. Um, we then put a nice little run uh, to, together. We beat. Um, oh, bliminately, you're going to be annoyed at me again. I haven't got my cheat sheet in front of me. Atletico Amer- AMG, Atletico uh, America. Yeah, Club America. Uh, That's it. Or something like that. 
Club America, Gumaraish. Beat them 3 1. Fabau, Fabau, Fabau. He's back He's back in the goals at this point. Um, beat them 3 1. We then play Cruzeiro. 2 uh, 0. Kaimi, my number 10 on loan from Brentford, who is good. I really like this guy. Oh, I like good. to probably make him a permanent signing if I can. It's I've got a buyout clause in there for about 20 mil. Which is too which is too high. Yeah. Um, but once the deal ends, I'm gonna to look to try and bring him in on a permanent basis. So he got the first, and then guess who? Fabau gets the gets the second. Atletico Paranese at next away, lost two one, opened the score. We've won the up through Fabau, but ended up throwing it away, losing two one. Again, it's disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. We're, yeah. we're still top at this stage. So where what how about how many games would you have played at this point? Where, where... Um, at this point we I'm about, nine games in. Yeah, I was about to say about ten. Still, yeah, yeah, it's still early. It's still early. Early doors. Yeah. Um, interesting. Flamengo hadn't put much of a run together. Interestingly, I think our closest rival at this point was Internacional. Um, Flamengo sort of faltered. At least for me. Yeah, it felt, but yeah, like I've seen me. They're dominant in in my save, but they hadn't quite put much together. Um, you know, again, it's only nine games in though. Uh, up next, we play Bahia. Bahai, Bahai. But every time I pronounce their name, every time I pronounce their name, I pronounce it about three times. Yeah, you do. I say Bahia, Bahia, Bahia. I don't think it's Bahia because it's it's B A H A I. Yeah, you're right. But as far as I'm concerned, the club is called Bahia Bahia Bahai. Yeah, that is that is it's three days. That triple. Beat them two nil. Beat them two nil. Guess who opened scoring? Fabao. Uh, and then Diego Enrique, again, one of the club, uh, came through the club youth academy. He's been playing really well. Again, one of the tens. Uh, he scored later on as well. The tens I've got here at the moment are exactly the way I like it. I've got four who I think are pretty much as good as each other. Nice. Couple, I'd say there's a, maybe a bit of a drop, drop off to Bettino, but in reality, he's still very, very good. You know, Diego Enrique, Zay Carioca. Kaimi and Bettino. I happily start all four of them, which is mm. exactly what I wanted. Because I can drop yeah. them when they're out of four. As we've talked about the rigors of the Brazilian schedule, they can I can rest them as well. But really, really happy with, with that. Next up, Vasco da Gama, beat them 3-1. Zay Carioca, Fabau, and Lucas Damiano, my centre-back scoring. Um, beat them 3-1. That's important to note as well. I talked about last say how I basically reinvented and, and, and brought in a new defence, a new back three. Mm. They've been really good. That's worked so nicely. Yeah. Um, Lucas Damiano um, has been very good. Mauro, and oh, Mauro, very good. Mateus, very good. And, uh, oh yeah, and um, Jan, uh, is it Jan Korak? Yahir Kozak. Been very good, but at this point, actually, a few of the guys went out because they were quite young. They went out on under twenty-one games, so mm. I think I'd lost Yahir uh, Kozak um, and Mauro for a while. So Al Viale uh, stepped in as well, and as did Jose Carlos, who's sort of the eighteen-year-old son from Red Bull Bragantino. Um, he's stepped in and done a really good job. So yeah, I'm, I'm just really, really happy, really comfortable with where we are defensively. Good. 
Now, next up, we play Flamengo, right? And Flamengo, they'd started to put a bit of a run together at this point. Yeah. And they'd, they'd hit form. So I knew this was going to be a really tough game. We were at home. But I knew it would be a tough game. Um, I was just hoping, you know, Fabao again can, can cause them a few issues. Um, and he didn't. He didn't score. But we did beat Flamengo 2-0. Which, uh, and do you know what, mate? It was relatively comfortable. Um, <laughs> wow. Which was... Which was surpri- Yeah, surprising. Um, you know, we, we're next year of 2.19. They're next year of 1.04. So we didn't, we didn't batter them, but we, we were the better team. We beat them 2-0. Um, Diego Enrique scoring in the 31st minute and then Bettinho finishing it off in the 90th minute. So again, my two number tens, and again, that's quite nice. Although I've got this dominant striker, it's not. I'm actually, I'm actually not reliant on him for goals, which yeah. is bizarre from a man that scored, like I say, forty odd goals um, in all competitions this year. I'm really not reliant on him. I do get goals from my tens as well. That's pretty much it. In fairness, we get the odd goal from a centre half. My two centre midfielders rarely score, but that, that's not their role. That they they do sit and protect the defence whilst yeah. my wing backs bomb on. So my goals generally don't come outside of three positions, but I'm 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 fine with that. I'm I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, next up, uh, we played uh, Coritiba away. That was a three-one victory. Kaimi scoring, uh, opening the scoring for us. Um, this was when Fabao was starting to get really tired. So on about sixty minutes, I took him off. Um, even though we were just one nil up, because I should have probably not started him in some of these games. But I just, I just have to, um, and, and I talked last time. That's one of the positions yeah. where I don't have much depth. So I brought them up on on sixty minutes, and then straight away they scored. Well, they scored in the seventieth minute. For God's sake, you know. Is this Coratiba? Um, yes. These aren't they your nemesis? Haven't we decided they're your nemesis? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. They are my nemesis. Yeah, they are. I forgot about that. Um, so, so anyway, they equalised the seventieth minute uh, on seventieth minute, and then, like again, cometh, you know, stepping up to the plate. Right, I, I've took took for bow off, and I talked last week how Krikuma, uh, who's my second best striker, I'm rarely playing because a he's not been that good for me, and two he's he's five foot nine. He yeah, doesn't he doesn't suit the fit role, the style. Like, yeah, whereas I've got this nineteen year old kid called Diego who's okay. He hopefully he'll develop into a really good striker, but I don't know if he will. But he's six foot four. He's a big lad as well, mm. so he just sort of suits the the style of play and the way we utilise the striker a bit more. And anyway, he came, like I say, he came on for bow and he scored two late goals. He scored in the seventy fourth and the eighty sixth minute to win us the game. I was I was so sword. pleased with that because I was so pleased with that because we are reliant on for bow. Like I say, not for goals, but just sort of to fill that position up front. Yeah. Because I don't want to play humor. Diego, I'm not sure is up to it, but if he can put a bit of run together and I can sort of trust this guy, I'll be so happy because I I can actually start resting for Bow. And anyway, he showed there that he, he can do that. Um so I was very happy there. Next up it was Palmeiras. Um in the obviously our, our big rivals, our big rivals. Um I've I have a fantastic record against them. I think I've beaten them every time. Uh, we played them, yeah. Even when we were out of form, I beat them, uh, and that that continued there. Kaimi opened the scoring. They brought got one back, and then later on, you hear Kozak, my Chilean centre half, young kid, fantastic centre back, scored two one in the in the big derby. 
final four games in the league that I've played haven't quite gone to plan. Pedavai, nil nil, drab nil nil, Santos, drab nil nil. Beat Sao Paulo 3 1. Uh, Zay Carioca, number number 10, Diego Enrique, and Yahir Kozak scoring. Um, and then we just played Fluminense and lost 1 0. Good lads. But interestingly, that, that leaves us top of the league. That still leaves us top Good of the league. Man. Yeah, we, we played one game more than Internacional and we're four points clear of them. Um, so, you know, effectively a, a one point lead at the top of the league. Last Internacional. Flamengo down in third with 35 points. So we're six points clear of Flamengo at this stage of the season, 18 games played. So we're pretty much at the halfway point. Vasco da Gama having a good season. Um, they're on 31 points, but they've got two games in hand. So effectively, if they win those, we're only four points ahead of them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going like it's going really well. Oh, one game I'll touch on as well is we played the first leg of the second round of the Sudamericana. And we played against um, uh, Milanarios uh, from Colombia. So not, not, a, not a, yeah, from Colombia. So not an easy game, but not a it's one I, I expect to win um, in the Copa Sudamericana. And we did. We won one 0 Goal from Kaimi. Very very happy with that. Um, puts us in. We're about to play the second leg. That's the next uh, next game. So this is in a good position for the return leg back in uh, back in Brazil. Yeah, very very happy. But like, I'm really pleased with the squad, mate. Like, it's a really nice squad. We're playing really good football. The way I like it. Obviously, we've got a superstar striker who, incidentally, hasn't scored in the last eight games. <laughs> but he does his build up play assist? Does he get lots of assists? He does. Well, he the, the way we I mean, doesn't know he doesn't get lots of assists, but he just calls. Causes quite a lot of problems in the box. Yeah, and I think then defenders get drawn to him, and then like I've talked before, that opens up vertical so channels. Yeah, for my tens to run into. But you know, like I say, he hasn't scored in eight games, and he's you know he's he's top goal scorer in the league. Eighteen games played, seventeen goals, and he's four clear of you know his next rival. Um, when I go on my you know squad and I look at goals, you know he's he's played. 38 games, two off the bench and scored 41 goals. He's got an average rating of 7.62. Uh, this guy's this guy's a bit of a freak. He's doing uh, bits. Really like, really he's like doing him. bits. Yeah. He's he's got he's got kind of Lukaku, but even better energy, hasn't he, at this kind of level? Yeah, he's I I just I think I keep thinking Adriano. Mm, you know, he's, yeah, that's just I'm in my head, like he's making waves in Europe, like everyone's a bit like, oh, who's this guy doing? And then we'll see if he lives up to it. I mentioned last time that clubs want him, clubs still want him. Schalke, Stuttgart, Sevilla, Hoffenheim. No way am I selling him to those. He's got a bit of time left in his contract still. So um, just hopefully eventually I can convince him convince him to stay. Um, we've had a transfer market. So I'll talk a little bit about uh, how that's gone and some of the players that we've brought in and we've lost. I guess just to touch on a couple of the players that are wanted by the clubs from us. Mateus, our superstar, one of our superstar centre-halves, wanted by Bournemouth. And Zay Carioca, again, one of the fantastic number 10s. He's wanted by Atletico, Paranese, where they can yeah. they can do one. But he's also wanted by Leicester. So mm. that's that's one to watch out for. I'm surprised that Leicester have recruited your clubs quite so heavily. It's quite an odd club to, that's really recruiting South America, you know, off to 
off to uh, Audax Italiano and now and now Corinthians as well. Yeah, they they've absolutely they I, I um yeah they clearly send scouts over to watch uh, watch my guys play. Um, transfers now this has been quite interesting. Now we've we've lost a few guys, uh, a couple of guys out on loan that I won't go into. So not even, I'm not even sure I've brought them up on the podcast. Quick humour. So this was the striker who was mm. probably the best striker when I joined the club, and I don't think he scored a goal for me. I sold him. Managed to get nine point two five million oh, for him to work. Club America. He still got a really good reputation. I, I suspect he'll do well there. He just he, he is a good player. It just doesn't suit the way I play. So he's gone to uh, Club America, and I'm sure he'll he'll do well. The frustrating one was I lost Diego Enrique. So this was the one of the number tens that I was talking about. Um, oh, what a shame. came through the club's youth academy. A club came in and met his eleven million pound release clause, and that club is Chelsea. So he <laughs> he now plays for for Chelsea alongside uh, Federico Fernandez. If you recall, my I, super, I do, my indeed. amazing striker from Italiano, who is on the books at Chelsea still, but is currently out on loan at Real Madrid. Okay, which is bizarre. Um, he hasn't set the world alight at Chelsea, so he's gone out on loan to Madrid. But he's there, as is uh, Diego Enrique. But Chelsea were kind enough to give Diego Enrique back to me for the rest of the season. So I've got a, I've got a, I don't have to sort of fill the position of number ten immediately. You've clearly got well, some kind of preferential just... treatment with Chelsea. I think that they just yeah, you know, they did the same. We've got a nice little relationship. You've got the well, VIP package. Was, yeah. What does mean is I'll need to sign another number 10 coming up. Kaimi's on that list. There's also another guy that's on that list, a guy called Marcio. Marcio. And he's he is like he is potential superstar Brazilian football. He's currently at Porto. He came through Porto's youth academy, interestingly enough. And uh yeah, he's he's eligible for, for Portugal as well, but he's played through the Brazilian youth youth ranks. This guy looks like yeah, a bit of a superstar, and I can. I'm nego- in negotiations at the moment, looking at about 15 mil at the moment, which is a lot. Which is a lot, but with the money I've sort of brought in through some of the other guys, I think I can. I think I might be able to take a punt on him. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, we will see. I have made one other signing. So we talked about. I've got Diego Enrique back on loan, and it's it's quite a bit. It's quite a big signing that I've made. <sighs> It is quite a big signing that I've made. It's quite a nice signing. I've talked about... Well, I'll talk you through this lad's career, first of all. So this lad, he started at a club called Pelotas. And then in 20... is a region. And then in 2024, a Uruguayan second division club called <laughs> Chero picked him up on a free. He played two fantastic seasons for them. Before moving oh, to come a, on. A, top, a top division uh, Chilean side called Santiago Morning for a hundred grand. He spent two th- two years there and set the world alight. He then seemingly moved to the. He sort of stayed in the top flight of of uh, of Chile by moving to Orlax Italiano for eight hundred grand. And he spent two years there before he was cruelly snatched away from his his loving manager for one point <laughs> two million to Flamengo. After that, he had various spells out on loan at clubs, not. Doing okay without fantastically, but then the boy Paolo, boy Wanda, 
was picked up again by Par Jackson and was brought back for 1.6 million to Corinthians. And Paolo and Par have been reunited. I've brought Get the boy in. back. Get the prodigal son has well and truly returned, and that has brought a he's real returned. smile on my face. Oh, he's, how fantastic! He, he's only been with me for three games, and and do you know he's he's not going to be he's not a he's not going to be a starter for me regularly. If I'm being honest, um, he, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not as good as any of my tens. Mm. Um, he'll play the odd game there, sort of as and when required, and also he's not as good as I, I wouldn't. Um, jeopardise the future of Adriano Mendes, my 18-year-old superstar, deep line playmaker. He's really good. And we've got Carlos Oyarapabal, mm-hmm. who's also got a big, massive potential in that deep line playmaker role. So he's going to fit in. He's going to fit in. in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. You know, when I, when players need a rest, he's going to jump in. We've got injuries, he's, he's going to jump in. Yeah, oh, but he's, a... he's probably going to get He's going to get more game time than he probably should because he's Paolo. Yeah. Uh, and, and and also, he's a great squad depth signing. And also, I think from Paolo's perspective, great bit of humble pie. No, you're not a starter. But you're going to play, but you're not a starter. You know, you, if you, you could if have you been. Just, if you stuck with me, kid, at Alex Italiano, you could have been, you could have had the world and you would be starting this team. <laughs> yeah. But for now, you've got, you've got to do your work. You've got to pay dues like everybody else. And uh, yeah, for now, you're on the bench. Yeah. But it's it's so nice to have him back. Like it really it sounds so <laughs> nice, doesn't it? But it's so nice to have him back. So I've got him and uh, Paolo and Fabao back in the mm. same team. The only I just need to somehow get Federico Fernandez, and I've probably got my three favourite players of the save in my in the same squad. Yeah, I mean Federico actually, Fernandez is going to be a challenging one to bring home, isn't it? I think, so. and also like I can't I can't play Federico Fernandez and Fabao in the same team. No. So well, uh, I, 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 that, that, that's that's not on my radar. Yeah, fair. So is that so all? Yeah, that, that brings that brings you up to date with me. We're still in the transfer window. I'll have a look at maybe a replacement ten for Diego Enrique, but it's not a priority because, like I say, he's back on loan with me. We're doing well in the league. There's nothing I'm immediately looking at. Maybe a goalkeeper, but there's not there's no high priority signings that needs to be made. So I can be picky. I can if something someone really nice mm. comes up. I can I can pounce on them, but other than that, um, nothing is needed. Well, that's handy. So, Lou, talk. I've talked you through my transfers and my big news around Paolo. That is how great. Uh, that is how the transfer market gone for you at Fluminense? How has the transfer market gone for me at Fluminense? Good question, Thomas. So, um, I'll just give an overview uh, uh, of where I am and where hopefully I'm going to end up in this update. So since, uh, obviously, I've talked you through the end of of last season. So moving into the 2029 season, um, I have played the entirety of the uh, state championship in Rio. So I'll just do a potted summary of that. I've played, and the thing, and this is the thing that Catherine has commented on, because uh, she was like, you play them every other week. I have played Flamengo uh, six times. I, I counted it up the other evening already, and the league hasn't kicked off properly yet. So I've played... So I assume you play them... Go on. No, go on, go for it. So I assume you play them twice... You, you play them once in the state championship, right? Y- yes, to begin with, you play, yeah. You them... 
Yeah, then you play them once in either the semi-final or final of the state championship. Played them twice because it's two-legged, but yes. Two-legged. Oh, right. So where are the other, where are the other three occasions come from? Brazilian Super Cup. Right. Oh, of course. And two-legged uh, Continental Super Cup between the winner of <laughs> the Libertadores oh, wow. and Sudamericana. Wow. So, so that's so that's to come. I will do a very potted summary of that. But let's start with the transfers that we we hinted at. So, it's been an interesting transfer window. Um, the first thing, I mean, it was it had to be a. It's funny because actually, Tom, the words that you said to me when we were at well, said to all of us when we were at the FA Trophy and FA Vars uh, game really rang in my ear. And that was around how Arteta really needed to be ruthless um, and sell players to rebuild the squad with better players. And and that was as much my goal as... Um, as... as, as uh, as bringing in new faces because I still felt the squad needed to be refreshed. So that meant even players that I'd brought in that season, uh, the key one being Erison, uh, left. So Erison left for six mil to Girona in the Spanish second division. Decent money. Bit of a loss, but I got it up front, straight in the coffers. Um, then... John Arias, club legend, bit of backlash from the fans, but shipped him off to Bragantino. Um, bit of a silly, well, not a silly one. It was the right thing to do. He was losing his pace, 30, 32. He was going to drop off 3.6 million for a 32-year-old. He's going to drop off, get sell him while there's some reputation. Um, yeah. I hadn't realised, however, he didn't qualify as a foreign player because he'd played in Brazil for Fluminense so long. So that was a bit frustrating. I hadn't put two and two together on that one. So that's left me not massively in the lurch, but it means I've got now got six foreign players instead of five, which you can just about handle. I wouldn't want to do any more than that. As you well know, It's you're allowed more than five, but you can't have any more than five in a match day squad. So... The big one is that Gene properly ousted Ivan from the club because I felt, you know what, I don't need two startings. I've got a decent 22-year-old Bregen called uh, uh, called Renato Carlos uh, as the backup. Yeah. And he is pretty decent. I, I could play him as the first choice and I wouldn't bat an eyelid, but he's just, I just like my boy Gene. Uh, but yeah, even left for three mil to Swansea. Uh, wow. Hey, can I... I'm just going to interrupt you there because obviously we've both got Ivan or even we've both got Ivan in our, yeah. in our teams, right? We've both got the same guy, and he's leaving for me at the end of end of the season. Like his contract's up; he's 35. Yeah, you've talked about like that's a strange transfer for him to yeah. Swansea. I think where he's going on my save is even stranger. Where I'll give you, I'll give you one guess. Cuban Krasnodar, Barcelona. Sorry, what? He's going to Barcelona. Not, and we're talking actual Barcelona, not the Venezuelan talking, club. No, no, we are talking actual Barcelona. That is bonkers. Uh, managed by managed still by Xavi. That is bonkers. Anyway, sorry, answer. No, that that was a worthwhile inter- interruption. Um, I would. Uh, those are the great ones. 
So, yeah, two very different career paths for even Not that he's going to play a minute at Barcelona, is he? But if he's not good enough for a club in the Brazilian top division, he's not going to be good enough for a European powerhouse. But So, so those are the major outgoings. Um, so this left some reinforcing to do. And my first spot was a player that I had my arm for a while. I don't think he's quite first choice, but he's young, um, not massively young, but he just fits with what we do and he can play in multiple positions. He's a good Brazilian squad player. Uh, he's a player called Sangelo, and I really like his name, Cavalcante. Sangelo Cavalcante. Uh, I, picked, I picked him up from Sport Recife. Uh, they got relegated. He had a relegation release clause of 3.5 million, which for a squad rotation level Brazilian central midfielder slash I play him as a right-sided centre-back as well because he can ball play and he can play both positions. Um, I think he's good value. Solid, solid little pickup. Um, very much, it's funny you mentioned uh, striker Adriano. I picked up 29-year-old uh, central and defensive midfielder Adriano from Fortaleza, uh, where he plays in real life. When they got relegated for another 2.4 million, another squad depth option, um, you know, just thinking to the future and just, they're all good all-round midfielders and that's really what I'm looking for. So those were the two kind of mundane ones. And it was a bit of a frustrating transfer window. I think I got rid of... So just to summarise, yeah, I got rid of a lot of the players that I wanted to get rid of. But there just wasn't a lot of quality out there, particularly in terms of fullbacks. I still am not happy with my fullbacks. And I want to sell them, but I can't find anyone better to buy. And if I can't find anyone better to buy, it's, it's tricky. But that left the kind of two sexy signings. Uh, so one, and and I hope you've got a joke for this, because I know I have. Uh, I signed from Sao Paulo. I eyed up, uh, so obviously having got rid of Erison, I needed a new striker to compete with Mamini, and that's what I want. I really want two good strikers. Um, I don't want to feel like I've always got to play a deputising for Mamini. I want some competition. Uh, so I picked up this young Brazilian player called Fabio Arroz. Fabio Roz? Arroz. Or Arroz. Arroz. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you remember. Um, no, but, no, well, Arroz is rice in Spanish. So it's fa- he's Fabio no, Rice. But, Fabio uh, Rice, Declan's brother. Yeah, Declan's, Declan's, Declan's continental yeah. brother. A Roth is uh, Rice, but yeah, so he's been really good since coming in. Obviously, not played that much in the in the well. I've not played a single game of the Brazilian uh, top division yet, but against Brazilian top division clubs and the top clubs in the state championship, he's been really good. Um, he's a striker. He's the striker that's going to compete with Mimini, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a good. I paid ten million for him. I think that was a good deal. We are in a good place financially, which is nice. Um, he's quite a similar striker to Mamini. He's Mamini, but technically better. And he's an even better finisher than Mamini on paper. Um, you know, he's he's 15 dribbling, 16 finishing, 15 first touch, 16 technique, uh, 15 composure. 
he's a bit slow. He's 13 acceleration, 14 pace, which for this level is not elite. But he's got great agility. He's got 16 agility, 17 balance. Uh, he's a bit lazy. He's only got 10 work rate. But he plays with his back to goal. He likes to come deep to pick up the ball. So he's a really natural link player, at least in on theory. And, and that's held up so far. So I think that gives proper competition for for, for Mamini. So that was uh, one of my two big incoming transfers. And you talked about bringing a boy home. Well, I've brought one home too. And... Uh, I tried last season and couldn't pull it off, but with Libertadores and a shed load of cash, Maximiliano Gatti is returning. Oh, nice. Is returning, uh, has returned uh, to take to be the starting right winger for, for oh, no. triggering his release clause, release clause from River for a, a bargain 6.25 million. That is a hell of a lot of player. Disappointingly, he's not been great since he's returned, but he did. I, I remember at, at, at Universidad de Chile, he took a bit of a while to hit his stride, and then he was our best player by a mile. I mean, on paper, he's got even better. He looks phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, 16 dribbling, 16 first touch, 16 composure, 15 finishing, 16 pace, 17 acceleration, 17 agility. He's rapid. Uh, he can score. He's physically gifted. He's got 16 stamina, so he can go up and down all day at this level. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully he's not started brilliantly, but again, he was rubbish for about 10 games for for University of Chile. Then he settled, and he just from then on, it was he was just yeah. so good. Um, so so I'm hoping that will happen. But there was uh, one uh, sad, it was sad, and right at the end, so I've been batting away offers for Pinga from Flamengo. Uh, I said that last week, last week that he was, yeah. in, he was in demand. So batting off offers, and they were good offers, 24 million plus six in instalments, wow. which is above yeah, his okay. release clause to to European, well, to non-Brazilian clubs. Non but I'm not I'm not making my rival better. I'm not making my rival better. So, uh, on the 30th of January, an offer comes in from a club, an offer which I can do nothing about because it's not from a Brazilian top division flight. It is from Real Madrid triggering his release clause of 30 million. And like that, wow. before the on the stroke of midnight in the transfer window, he's whisked away oh, from nice. me. And all I can do is have a press conference saying, I'm, I'm not happy about how this has happened. I'm not oh, happy. But so I'm proud of my boy. And he was always going to go on to big things. But it did prove to me when. Uh, when clubs were offering me 14 million and I told them where they could shove it and that but you know what I kind of it feels right because that is such a classy Madrid way of doing business no haggling no messing around just trigger the release clause they could see his value he's gone straight into the starting lineup to replace an absolutely knackered um David Alaba who's 36 and can't run um right. so he's gone straight into their starting lineup looks pretty solid I'll just have a check now to see how his rating is. He's on a 6.97 for Madrid in the Liga. 
Oh. Look, he's a Rolls Royce. He's a cracking player. So we lost him, but you know what? That means we've got a really good war chest. It's meant I could upgrade uh, the facilities. So hopefully we'll get to state-of-the-art facilities to make the players even better. I've never had a more stubborn board, though. They, I constantly ask for more coaches because we don't. We could do with more coaches, but they refuse. That they, they, I've never had a board refuse me. I'm talking like four to five times at this point because I've got yeah. coaches with three stars. I don't want coach. I want four minimum because I've got to have coaches doing multiple assignments. They're just so stubborn. One thing was nice though, having won the Copa Americana, I've finally taken my Continental Pro license. So <laughs> <laughs> I've finally made it to the top of the coaching ladder. I'm the will still of uh, South American football to use a very uh, up-to-date reference. So so that was the transfer window. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm aware this has been quite a long episode, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of quickly summarise where we've got so far. Those were all the key transfers. There are a few other players uh, who left. Carlos Augusto, our left back, left for 2.4 million to Hetafe. That was probably the big other one. And then, yeah, the kind of inevitable players that I just want to cull and get the wage budget down have left. Um, so this season, uh, right, let's summarize state championship. Got made it to the playoffs. Uh, so we did fine. Um, we made it to the playoffs, the Champions playoffs. We played Flamengo in the semi. We lost to Flamengo 1-0. Well, we lost to them 2-1 over two legs. It was a classic, tight Flamengo-Flumenense uh, game. Uh, and one of that, would have been, that was our third time playing Flamengo at that point. Um, uh, let's touch on all the other stuff before I touch on that. So... Um, uh, so uh, Brazilian Super Cup uh, we played really poorly it was at the start of the season uh, Flamengo absolutely destroyed us on the day comfortably winning 2-0 with goals through Vitor Roque and Claudinho um, and I felt like this was going to be uh, a repeated in the in the Sudamericana, that they call it the Recopa Sudamericana final, which is the Continental Super Cup for South America. Yep. So both legs in the American are uh, the first leg was uh, designated as our, our home game. Uh, we draw that nil-nil, drab game. Uh, but in the second game, we were the better team. And, and I counter-attacked my way to a 2-0 lead. Uh, they get one back in the 90-plus third through Philippe, but we win it 2-1. So we've won the Continental <laughs> Super Cup. And you know what? Of all of the trophies that are going to be hard to achieve, that's got to be a tricky one. Because I've got to, if, to get back there realistically, I've got to win the Libertadora. So I don't mind losing the Brazilian Super Cup, but winning the Continental one, I'll take that. I'll take that of the, over the other one. Uh, yeah, so that, like you said, there's every chance you're, you're back in the in the domestic one next year. Yeah, it's it's tricky to do the to get to the continent the between the Libertadores effectively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's all of the kind of 
Oh, well, I know that fixture wasn't domestic, but that's kind of the domestic fixtures that I've played so far and the Continental Super Cup. That just leaves uh, our Libertadores group, um, which one has been drawn and two I've played all but one game of. Um, and as a Universidad de Chile man, it was fantastic because... Uh, we drew one uh, one Brazilian team, Alessio Paranese. Um, however, we had so when it was actually drawn, we had Colo Colo in the group, and then we yeah. had uh, a final space that was left blank for one of the qualifiers who was still qualifying at the time. That qualifier happened to be Universidad Católica. So <laughs> as a Universidad <laughs> de Chile like man. <laughs> I, I can just imagine what Renzo was saying to Mini in the in the in the team talk. He's like, "Look, you know how to you know how to batter these boys. Just look, just just play like you're playing for Universidad de Chile, and you'll shred them. And I mean, look at the team you got around you now. You shredded them without, you know. You could just you can just visualize. It must have been the easiest team talk he's ever given in his life, Renzo, with that and. You know what? I'll just wish you through them because it's as you'd imagine for 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 um, uh, for a, for for a Brazilian what well, the best, second best team in Brazil playing uh, teams in Chile. Uh, you kind of know where that's going to go. So uh, we got underway against Colo Colo, winning four nil. Goals through Javitor, the centre back, Gatti. Uh, getting one on his continental debut for Fluminense. Tiago, who I've not talked about yet, but is a left winger who was out on loan at Grêmio in the second division, did really well. I've included him in the squad this season. Uh, and then Mateus Fernandes scores a penalty. We draw two all against Atletico Paranese. Uh, Babs having a bit of a headless chicken moment and scoring an own goal in the 81st minute after we'd gone 2-1 up. Uh, Fabio Ross getting a second of those two. Uh, then a comfortable 2-1 win against Universidad de Chile, uh, no, sorry, Universidad Catalica, where they get uh, a consolation in injury time, a mini scoring against Catalica. Uh, uh, I'm sure something that he was grateful to be able to continue to do. So that was a way in Chile. At home against Catalica, we beat them 3-1 with goals through Fabio Arroz, uh, Miguel Figuera, and an own goal from Santiago Jara, who is a player I've not mentioned, who is a Uruguayan left-sided centre-back who currently plays for Catalica, although he won't at the end of the season, because I don't need him this season, but he's very much already got a transfer arranged to Fluminense for next season. So maybe a bit of... Maybe he's match fixing for us. I should, probably shouldn't do yeah, that, yeah, but he yeah. doesn't need to. Let's be honest, he doesn't need to. But but yeah. he he's a useful little player. He's twenty. I actually uh, he I was interested in when he was at Peñarol and I was managing University of Chile. But I think he'll immediately having gone to Catalica, I think he'll easily make the leap leap to uh, Brazilian football. I'm I'm not happy. I haven't said this, but the only player I'm not particularly happy at the minute, even though I signed him and he looked really good, is Valentin Gomez. I reckon I can get nine mil for him and I picked him up on a free. So he'd send be... Him on his way. Yeah, send him on his way. But that's for the end of the season. Um, and then we lost to Atletico Paranese in the last game we played with Dimas Roth quickly becoming 
the new Vitor Roque scoring against me uh, in the 45th plus third, and that's the way it stayed. But we've already we've already um, qualified. We're on on we're both us and Atletico Paranaense have qualified. We've both got ten points. I'm three goals ahead of them in terms of goal difference. I'm hoping so long as I win against Colo Colo on the last day of the season, it should be qualifying in first. So hopefully get a bit of an easy draw in the next round. So on the whole, on the verge of the new Brazilian Serie A season, things are things are going all right. Um it's just about now it kind of goes from being understanding where you are and survival to it's very much, as you said, turned into a one club save almost, a mini one club save. Um, mm. And it's much more about identifying top young talents because I'm really struggling. I thought I would find a really good right Brazilian young right back who I could turn into a really good right back and a really good left wing back. But right now, I'm not, there's not, mm. I'm a bit underwhelmed. I'm, I'm literally, man, as I said before, I'm literally managing in Brazil and there are no obvious talents although we do the game does seem to be producing lots of number 10 so maybe you're right to go over to 10 system i i think that's fair I, i've struggled to find many great wing backs as well i've, I've got a couple that i've signed that i like but wing backs i found a struggle I'm, i found i have found some really good players that i like uh with good potential but uh so i haven't quite had that issue but I, i've certainly struggled with with wing backs i'll give mm. you that yeah i've started looking at whether i can convert wingers but Right now, it's quite frustrating because the game's produced some really good fullbacks who are defensive fullbacks, but I really need someone who can bomb on and put a cross in and, and stretch the pitch. Um, and right now, it's the, the game really isn't produced. But I guess in real life, there are a million players who fill that mould at a really high level. So, so, so yeah, so that's that's the end from me. Anything you want to add, Tom? I think it's, it's, yeah, I've, it's just... been a... Yeah, go for it, mate. Go just before we do go, something I forgot to mention actually that could be quite exciting. Um, I've I've I have actually applied for two other jobs. Ooh. Um, and and that's that's the national job of England and the national job of Brazil. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> with the the world the um uh, the Copper America and the um Euros have just finished and they both sat the managers. And I, I sort of I always thought it'd be quite cool to. You know the whole Par Jackson story, right? When when he sort of set up Corinthians, it was a thing to make the England team better. So I always thought it'd be quite nice to man to manage England or to manage the Brazilian national team. Those are the only two countries I think I'd actually get involved in. Mm. But uh, uh, whether I, I I think it's probably unlikely that I get either of them. But I think at some point in the save, I would quite like to manage England and Brazil um, alongside Corinthians. I'd, I'd keep both jobs, um, just as I think it'd be quite a good fun to do. Um, I can try some new things tactically with those because I don't want to change my tactic mm. with this team so I like it and you've got to build the squad around it. So it's not there's no point in me flitting tactics. But there's a few yeah, yeah. tactics. There's a four there's a there's a flat four four two that I've got in mind that I quite like I'd quite like to play. A little tactic I've got in mind with that. Um and I don't, I can't play it with Corinthians, so I'd quite like to give it a go maybe with, with England or Brazil. Um yeah. So cool. uh, I, I keep keep. I, I will update you next week on uh, or in a couple weeks' time as to to how that's going. Oh, nice. Oh, fantastic. Well, I, and that's funny enough. It's something I haven't touched on it really in this update. But actually, that's something I've been really enjoying tactics in FM for the first time in ages. I think with all of the kind of 
yoga uh yoga de position stuff that and and kind of seeing what guardiola's been doing it's actually for the first time in ages i'm thinking about oh i can probably make i was even thinking about potentially at some point trying to implement a brazilian box for two 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 um that kind of uh formation and and actually yeah it's 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 interesting to maybe i need to have an international team to to be my canvas for for not ruining my club managerial career that sounds like a i like that idea i like that idea i like yeah. that idea. You, I, you not not that the entire fate of a nation's on me i just need to tinker and actually this is good workspace exactly i'm gonna take over the brazil job or the england job to test out whether i can get a 442 working with two false nines i mean that's literally what i'm gonna that's literally what i'm gonna try and do so, <laughs> but yeah you're right this is it, i was sort of taking on potentially the england job or brazil job on a whim to try to experiment it's not i'm sure that i'm sure the uh the respective fas that's not what they had in mind but that is what i will be doing <laughs> well on that note I think it's time to bid you all goodbye. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening to another episode of our Rambly FM football podcast about our journeys virtually across South America. Uh, have a great weekend uh, and look forward uh, to hearing look forward to you listening soon i'm running out of words as it's this time in the morning all the best for now bye bye